This is our series called um, If You Feel Blessed. And let me just start off by saying this. I think this might help us a little bit. Because if you don't feel blessed, I mean, that's a bummer. <laughs> and from time to time, I guess, I guess I'd say from time to time, all of us don't feel blessed, right? And so the idea is how do we get ourselves so more regularly, not perfectly, but more regularly, we feel blessed. Because I think if you feel blessed or you feel fortunate or um, I, I can just say if you feel good, you tend to be better to other people. And when you don't feel good um, or you feel like you got ripped off or you feel like you, you know, life's not been fair, whatever it is, we tend to be um, a less version of ourself. And so feeling blessed, and I'm going to use that word, um, I'm going to try to talk about it and explain it a little bit more, is critical to your family. I mean, think about it. If you are walking around all the time feeling terrible, feeling sour, feeling ripped off, it rubs, it, it, it emanates, right? And if you feel blessed, now, <clears throat> Blessed is not, so let's talk about it for a minute. To me, in my view, blessed is not perfect. And can I even say this? Let me say it this way. Blessed to me is not, it's less of a picture and more of a video. Here's what I mean. People have an idea like, oh, this is what it means to be blessed, or this person is blessed, or this family is blessed. And we have a picture in mind. And um, <clears throat> I just got my brother's family picture, my brother Tim. And uh, so we got him and his two little kids. And they were out in a, in a white couch that was outside. And the snow was falling just right. You know what I mean? And what do I know about that picture? Huh? I know it's about 4% true. Because I know my brother, I know his kids, right? And I know, I know what it took to get that little picture. Does, this, does anybody know what I'm saying? And I'm not calling him a liar, but he is. But I'm not saying, <laughs> it's just, we all do it, right? It's picture. It, I mean, and, and they're amazing. It's, you know, my niece and nephew, they're amazing, but they're wild and they're fun and they're adventurous and they're into things. And they're, and they, like all kids. Um, and who takes a couch and puts it outside in the winter anyway, right? But what we get tricked, this is important, if I can just, we, we think bless is a state, it's a steady thing. And it's, you, 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 it's still, and it stays there. And it took, we went to see my grandma the other day to make cookies and we brought Charlie and my grandma goes, oh, oh, I just give anything to do that again and I'm thinking, you're, you're 96, you do not want to get up in the night the way I get up in the night. You don't want to run around the house and my back just kills from, she's taking steps now, so this is all I do. And, and, but sometimes we look at somebody else's thing and we go, oh, I want to be there. See? And the reality of all of our lives is our life is more like fluid. It's a video. And there are some great moments if you have your camera ready 
And the other day we had Charlie's first birthday and then you're always wanting to get the perfect picture. You're like, oh, she did it. She did her little wave thing. Right when you put the camera down, you can't, because this is important, life is fluid. And so we're gonna, we're gonna look and study Abraham's life a little bit. And what we're gonna see is that his life had so many ups and downs, so many twists and turns. And it starts off in Genesis 12, where God comes to Abram, his name's Abram at the time, and says to him, um, go um, from your country, your people, and your father's house to a land I will show you. So prior to this, Genesis 11, um, by the way, just for, let me do a little aside for you little Bible nerds out there. This is, not an, this is not an unimportant passage of Scripture. And let me tell you why. This is, I think I said it last time. You remember the Iron Man movie when Tony Stark sits down with the cheeseburger in front of the podium and he says, we're not going to, we're going to change the whole business model. His dad's business, they sold stuff to weapons of war around the world and then he realized what it was doing to people and and so he sits this is this is that in the bible everybody goes what the first 11 chapters are a train wreck right culminating with you have the flood and you have this tower of babel and then it's sort of like teeing it up to say what are you going to do about it and then drum roll Boom, Genesis 12. By the way, this is repeated five times in Genesis alone. This call. So this is not a small thing. This is a big part of the story if you're reading the big story. Okay, just an aside, that was free. Or drop something in the offering on the way out if you want. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. Now, Abraham has to leave. He has to go. Now, if you know your story a little bit, you know your geography, um, his dad, they left Ur of the Chaldees, right? They're over in Iraq, basically. And they travel up the Fertile Crescent, right? They travel like this, and they stop in a place called Haran. And it says in Genesis 11 that they were going to Canaan. They were going to the promised land, so to speak, we call it now. But they stopped there, and his dad died there. And then this call comes. So we don't know. We don't know, did dad say, we're trying to get to Canaan, and then he got sick, and they had to stop, and we don't know why they stopped. Doesn't exactly say. But they're not to the place that they want to be. And this is important. Why well, I say blessed is a video. Because you don't want to be in the picture. Because when you get in the picture, it's over. You're done. In other words, life is this journey. And if you're in this journey, that's a good thing. And so what I want to talk about today is staying in this when you're in this journey and when it's high and when it's low which it is it will be for you it is uh, for all of us 
if you can, in the middle of this journey, which has its highs and its lows, remind yourself, I'm blessed. Not waiting like, if I finally get there, if I finally get all, because there is no perfect picture that just doesn't exist. Years ago, and I, well, I guess it was maybe a year ago or so, I did a series on Genesis, and I, I think I shocked all of you to tell the Garden of Eden was not perfect. Was, but how could it be perfect? What's perfect? What's a perfect tree? Remember this? I mean, the perfect tree would be boring. You know, go up four feet, the branch goes out six inch, this, you know, and every tree would have to look exactly alike. Would that be? So perfect can't exist in the Garden of Eden. We're not looking for perfect. And if you're looking for perfect in your life, this is so important. If you're looking for perfect in your life, you are never going to feel blessed. You're always going to feel frustrated, chipped. I'm not, I'm not getting enough. I'm not getting my fare. When this story starts, Abraham's wife is barren. Now in the scriptures, that's like saying his life was hopeless. You could just substitute modern day, his life was hopeless. He had no shot, had no degree, had no connections, had no future, had no hope. That's how the story starts. So where we live, and I call this... Um, the blessing of stress. Most of us learned stress is bad. Now, too much stress is obviously bad, right? Um, but all of us, listen, all of us need some stress. You need some stress. You do. You need some tension in your life to keep your heart pumping, to keep your mind thinking. You need some. Now, have, have you ever gone over the edge with the stress thing, anybody? Okay, sure, too much is not good. But some of you, maybe you've been there. You had none. I mean, next to none. That's why people, they really struggle with retirement. They've got to figure out, what do I do? How do I... How do I create a problem in the morning? And some people say, no, I don't have that. I always have problems. But the reality is, this is important. Listen, and, and there's all kinds of research done on this. People need a problem. We need something to tackle. We need something to go after. We need something to fix. You need a space, ready? Between where you are and where you want to be. That's this whole story. You need a space between where you are and what you're heading towards. And this was important. He says, leave. Leave. You got to get up and go. It's hard to leave some things. It's hard to leave whatever's comfortable. You leave your father, leave your father's household, you leave the land that you know, right? And step out into something that is new. Now, when something's new, something's unfamiliar, we're cautious. Is anybody with me? You step cautious. I'm not sure about this. Some people just refuse completely. But the call is to something new. Now, listen very carefully. It says in the scriptures that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteous. Anybody heard this before? He believed God. 
All right, two of you have read the Bible. Believe God. And what, here's what we've done. What we've done over the years is we made a little slight change to that. We didn't tell anybody we made it, but what we've said is if you believe in God, if you believe in God, then that's a credit as righteousness. But that's not what it says. It says he believed God. So this is, such, this is important. Are you, who's with me so far or have you fallen? Okay, this, let me explain why it's important because if, if I say I believe in God, well, hoorah. Honestly, what does that mean? It means I can say I believe in God and you don't. I can argue. I can prove things to you. I can put a fish on my car. All of these things are fine and good, but they don't really make a difference. You say, Chris, of course. No, listen. It doesn't say he believed in God. It says he believed God. If you believed God, what does that mean? He believes God what? Told him to do something. No, you're not listening. I'm going over here. This is... you. He believed God. If I say, uh, coffee's free out there in the cafe, either you, what? Believe me or you? You're not saying whether you believe in me. That is a given. You just got to decide, do, do I believe? Could I get a free coffee out there? Is he jazzing me? And the answer is yes, it's not free today. <laughs> believe. So he gets this voice, right? When it says in the scripture, the Lord said, I, I want you to think about this. The Lord said to him, just stop and picture that for a minute. What does that mean? How, how did God speak to Abram? And the countless other people that it says, God spoke to him. I mean, how do you know? How do you know it's God? That's a good question. Does he have a business card? That's what you know. You can reach me here. Is there an official way? Is it, is it certified? Because who would certify it? I mean, I could come to you and say, I'm God. And you'd say, well, you don't look like God. And I'm like, well, I, I know, but you don't know what God looks like. This is important. Give me a minute. This is important because the whole idea is that Abram listens to this voice. He listens to this voice. And if your life is going to be blessed, you have to listen to the voice. You have to. You have to. So well, how do I certify the voice? Good luck. Do you see how intimate this is? No one can tell you God spoke to you or God didn't speak to you. No one. Now you say, well, Chris, but aren't there like crazy people that say, yes, 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 of course. But, but getting rid of that because of Charles Manson, right? Well, he said God told him all this stuff. Okay, throwing the whole baby out, that doesn't fix it. The, listen, the only way is that it's, a, it's an inner thing. God speaks to you. Now, if you get a, if you get a voice or if you get a, an actual vision, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to tell you you didn't have it, but what would it be? You know, what, what, would it be Gandalf God? Would it be, you know, from Talladega Nights, like little eight-pound baby Jesus? Would it be, what, which one would it be? I don't know. 
But this is the question. It's not do you believe in God, it's do you believe God? Because what a lot of people do is they just believe in God and that really doesn't do anything. But if you believe God, he speaks to you. Hey, Chris, I don't think God's ever spoken to me. Dare I say, maybe you've never really listened? No, he doesn't send me emails, all right? I don't get text messages. I get impressions, I'll call them. I get intuitions. I'll get urgings. Can I just say this? Can I just say this? I get things that I just constantly think about. There's a question. Why do I think about them? Or let me ask it this way. Why do you care about some things? Where does that come from that you care about whatever it is that you care about? So I, I make that up. Yeah, but who put it inside you? Where does it come from that you care about it? See, what we're not understanding is we're not realizing that God's speaking to us all of the time. But we are just waiting for this little, you know, thing, the magical moment, the clouds to part and this Gandalf to drop down and start telling us. And that's not how, it, at least, I've never met anybody. So then either God's speaking or he's not. But here's what's huge. We've been spending so much time arguing with people about whether God exists or doesn't exist, believing in God. Can I just say this? Who cares? Just do like Paul did. Remember when Paul goes to Athens and he's doing that speech at Mars Hill and he goes, I want to talk to you about this unknown God, this God that you've been worshiping even though you didn't know his name. Everybody worships. They just don't all call him the same name. Everybody knows God exists. I know, I know a few atheists. They're denying. Well, they want to argue with you. I don't care. I don't need to argue with them. They know right here. What is more important is not that argument. What is absolutely important is this. Am I listening? Are you hearing that voice? Now, when you hear it, Abram has to make some decisions. He's got to leave. He's got to let go. Leaving and letting go are hard things to do. We all, if we're adults, I think, I could say all or most, we left. We had to go off on our own. I was listening to a guy talk about this. He's a millennial, and he was talking to people in Fortune 500 companies about trying to understand millennials because they don't understand them. And he, what are these kids doing, right? And he goes, well, you have to understand. Each generation, each generation was trying to do good for their generation. So three generations ago, dad walked son to the front door when he was 18, right? Gave him a swift kick in the rear end and told him to have a great life. That was three generations ago. Two generations ago, they walked you to the front door and they said, enjoy the army. And then two generations, and it keeps changing. And the next generation it was, well, if you, uh, if you go to college, we'll, what? Pay for it. And then it was, and I'm generalizing, of course, 
And then it was, he said they did a survey. He said, when do you think you should be on your own? The current generation. You should pay your own bills, do your own things. Ready? Hold on to something. 30. Their response. I know, oh, I can hear you guys. Oh, no, but it's like, well, yeah, here's the, here's the rent check. Oh, yeah, here's the, here's the insurance for the car. Here's the, don't tell your dad. Uh-oh. Why, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I stepped on something there, didn't I? What's the safety net for Abraham? There's one. I heard one guy say this, we've robbed the generation of necessity. We're robbing them of necessity. There is no necessity. There's always, there's always the plastic square. My mom was telling me this the other day. <laughs> she watches my brother's kids a lot and uh, all the time, and except Hallie's getting older now, so not as much Hallie, but she said, I had to explain to them when grandma says she doesn't have any money, she doesn't have any. They, didn't, they, they, they couldn't understand it. And what a profound little conversation we were having. She goes, they didn't understand. You know, it means, well, of course you got money. I mean, everybody, just, you, just, you just take the, the square thing. She goes, no, when grandma says she doesn't have any money because we want to stop at Dunkin' Donuts, it means she doesn't have any. It was a conversation that was like talking two different languages, two different planets. Blessed doesn't mean you don't have stress. It doesn't mean you don't have tension. It doesn't mean, Abraham, you know what he does? This is deep. He goes down and he comes into Canaan, and then it says in the story that he makes a sacrifice. Now, I just did a whole series talking about, you know, we don't need those anymore, but don't miss, don't miss the point of it in its day. Don't miss the point of it in its day. You take something, you have nothing, and you sacrifice, you put something there that you earn and you sweat and you worked for and you just hand it over. He didn't say, Dad, could you, you know, Venmo me some money so I can take care of this sacrifice thing? Chris, why are you getting on this? Because blessed is is action and blessed is stress and blessed is tension and blessed is struggle that's blessed 
You meet a few people that don't have any, nothing to struggle for, nothing to work for, and they're, they, they start to lose it. Now, I'm not saying I know easy answers for people that actually do have means, and what do you do when you do have the means, and you, I, I don't know, read a good book. I, I have no idea what to tell you. But, I went on a few different trips when I was young, and I still remember them. One of them was, um, I, went, I went to a boxing tournament up in Sudbury, Canada, and I missed the ride, or there was miscommunication. We didn't have cell phones back then. We were meeting in the Kmart parking lot. That tells you how old it was. <laughs> um, and somehow the rides got misunderstood, and I thought they had already left. They hadn't left, but they weren't there. And so my mom drives me to Detroit, puts me on a Greyhound bus with a brown paper bag. Um, I think I was 12. An orange and a sandwich. I still remember an orange and a sandwich. That was it. That was the safety net right there. The orange and the sandwich. Now most of you think you'd get arrested for child abuse if you did something like that today. Right? You think, your mom's a bad mom or I'm going to call someone on her. The reality is those were the options. Those were the options. That's it. Eat real slow. 13 hours. Yeah, well, it's not the day long to get Sudbury. When you stop everywhere along the way, it takes 13 hours all night long. So what do you do when you have a sandwich and an orange? Now, God knows what most people do today. Be like, well, here, let me get you, let me get you 17 chicken McNuggets, and then here's 48 gift cards, and then if you need it, here's my this. And, and what do you do when you have an orange and a sandwich? You eat real slow. Uh, not, it's just you had these experiences too. Why are these important? This is what. Because character is a part of blessed. What we've done is we put frosting as blessed and we forgot the cake, right? You can't just, well, I know a couple of kids that could, but you can't just eat a pile of frosting. Frosting is the frosting. But what you need first is you need the cake. And the cake is the character stuff. And if you read the story of Abraham, the guy is far from perfect. It's not, a, character is not about being perfect. That's not what it's about. It's you make some fundamental transitions in your life. Where you start, you now are responsible. I mean, when you're sitting on a bus and it's going all night, you're, you, know, you, you know you don't have any money in your pocket. You know there's, you, you just figure it out. This is so important. We're not letting people figure it out. Figure it out. When people think of Abraham, they think, oh man, this guy is blessed. Here's the reality. 
He was blessed, as we talked about, you have a good foundation. You know you're blessed from the beginning. You're blessed. But it was also, I will bless you. And this is what's important. You need something here in front of you. I will bless you. Go work for that job. Go strive for that thing. You need some carrot, don't you, out here that gets your heart pumping? Another day, Charlie's first birthday, we we're trying to think of what, what should we do for her birthday? So I come up with the genius idea, we'll take her to the movies. <laughs> we'll go see Frozen too. Right? And um, even though I looked up online, like, can a one-year-old make it through a movie? Could they make, you know, of course the answer was, are you kidding me? But I did it anyway. <laughs> and um, we go into the movie theater, and, you know, and, and the, you know, of course these things are, they're just, the screens are just massive, and there's, there's, we went as a matinee, so there's like two people in the theater and us, and so thankfully we had the place to ourselves there, and she just walks in and just, it's just massive, and it completely grabbed your attention for 40 minutes. <laughs> and then it was over. And uh, she starts bucking, as we call it, right? And she wants down, she wants to walk around, she wants to play with things, she wants to talk out loud in the movie, all of what you can't do in a movie theater. Um, and so, um, I, I got up and, uh, and I told the guy, I said, I'll walk her out, maybe she can play a little bit, and then maybe she'll be ready to come back in. And so, have you ever done this? Like, you're watching a movie, and I mean, I hate to, I, uh, I guess I gotta admit it, I kind of got into it. <laughs> I, I, I can't, I did, I'm like, ding. Is anybody with me? Oh, I said it. I know, it's too late. It's already, it's on the internet. Oh. It's, but it's like, yeah, was, I'm asking Vic. I didn't see the first one, so I'm at, Vicky's filling me in. Like, who's she? And, who's, and so I'm learning the whole, I'm getting into the whole thing, and then I had to step out. And, you know, it's amazing. There's, a, there's just a door, and you're immersed in this world of this movie, right? And then you step out the door, and then there's this, like, Vending machines, popcorns, kids playing video games, right? A guy trying, trying to sell a pickup truck in the lobby. It's a completely different atmosphere. This is important about blessed. This is important. Sometimes what happens to us is we get overly caught up in the drama of our own life. overly caught up in the drama of your own life. Have you ever talked to a friend who wanted to tell you their problems? They start telling you their problems and they're really worked up about their problems and you're re uh, remarkably calm about their problems? Why? Because you're outside of their body. You're outside of their head. It's the strangest thing. Great, I mean, this is free too. Great, great spiritual teachers have taught people to do this, to step outside the theater of their own life. 
And if you got spiritual teaching about prayer or about any, anything about your own spiritual growth or development, and it didn't teach you how to step out of the theater of your own life, then you just got a cheap knockoff. Whatever spiritual practices you have, it should give you the ability, this is important, it should give you the ability that you're caught up in the drama of your, who's ever been caught up in the drama of your life? Oh my word. And it's just escalating and you're buying into it. And you're, I mean, some of you are like in the movie and you're just like, who's ever just eaten a whole bag of popcorn you don't even know you're eating it? This is true? So, the movie's so good, it's sucking you in. Anybody? It's not that good of a movie, by the way. I was mildly interested. All right, but anyway. <laughs> Your life, and then it takes this twist, and then this turn, and why did this happen? And why did I lose my job? And why did I lose my husband? And why did this? And you start getting, right? And you're just sucking it all down. And look, you're buying into the whole thing. A great spiritual practice would teach you how to just pick up, look out the door, and look at it from here. It's totally different. On the other side of that door, when that door shuts, it's a whole different world. I'm not worried about what the ice queen's going to do and this guy's mad. Just, just. Is that possible, Chris? It is possible. Look at Abraham's life. When you zoom out, there's two ways to look at his life, from outside the theater and from inside. When you zoom out, everybody's like, they sing songs about Abraham in Sunday school, and they, they talk about him in the New Testament, he's this hero. But when you look at his life, it's gritty. It's difficult. Do you know the first thing that happens when he gets to the promised land? First thing. What, what would you think? Blessed, come follow me. Come on, man, come on. What's the first thing that happens? A recession. Famine, biblical word. First thing that happens, he shows up there. Here we go. Kids, spread out. Uh, never mind, pack up. We're leaving. We're headed to Egypt. They, near, they, didn't, even get, they didn't even get their boxes undone. And they got to move again. This blessed? See, there's a fine line between stressed and blessed. Think what I'm saying. When the team, they were talking about they're going to put this word up here, I'm like, oh, that would be really cool. I said, if you could make it so I could do a little switch and it would flip from stressed to blessed. Because sometimes we don't understand that there's a fine line. What we think of is blessed is like, oh, just sitting a lazy boy and... The, the kind that massage you eternally, and you never have any problems, and that's actually not blessed. It's not even reality, for one. When you zoom out from Abram's life, you go, wow, look what that guy did. Look what he accomplished. Look how his life was used. But start to read the details. Start to read the details, and it's like, God says you're going to have a you know, you're, you're going to be the father of many, and he has no kids, and, and then they kind of get in a desperate situation, and, you know, Sarah goes, well, there's Hagar. You guys know the story. Do I need to go into it, or do you have kids here, or what? Are you guys even, I'm not even talking over here anymore. I'm completely done. Hagar, anybody? The maid? 
It gets messy. You guys should read the Bible just for grins. Just read it. It's messy. Now, you know, Hagar and Abraham, you know, they're sitting closer together at dinner, and there's the kid, and there's Sarah on the other end. We've seen this in all the big stories. What a mess. See, see, people always go, my life's a mess. It can't be blessed. Wrong. Ready? Whose life isn't a mess? Or can I say it this way? We're all a little messy. Who's getting ready for the big family mess? I mean, the beautiful family Christmas. <laughs> Who's getting ready for it? It's beautiful. It's beautiful. But it's messy. It's messy. It's okay. Blessed is not without mess. Once you know that, once it's in Abraham's life and your pastor admits it and the people around you admit it, then we all just go, ah, okay, let's get still blessed. Hmm? All right, I got to land this plane, so look. Look, look, look. If you... There's a scripture in, 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 in Ecclesiastes, and it says, if you wait for perfect conditions, you never get anything done. And this is such a great, such a great point. Because what a lot of us are doing is we're waiting for something to be perfect. And so we're just going to internally wait. Your life, whatever, whatever it is on that journey, if you follow, I mean, get your map out and read the story of Abraham and he leave here and they go here and then as soon as they get here, there's a famine and they have to go down into Egypt and then he goes into Egypt and he lies about his wife. The whole thing's messed up and messy and complicated, but through it all, God's hand's overarching. Why? Because some of the messes we made. Some of the messes we made. Yeah. Yes, we have. Some of the messes were made for us. Yeah. Right? And it's a part of life, and that doesn't mean that you aren't blessed. And he ends up in Egypt, and then he comes back. Your, your life has all these curves and twists and turns. But if you sit around waiting for a perfect, you're never going to get going. I'll say this last thing. Um, the other day, I'm, I'm not the best, um, Vicki will tell you, I'm not the best at putting a coat on Charlie. All right? I, I don't think I'm a bad dad, but perhaps in this category, I am. And uh, so it's very complicated. She's very angry about clothes changes, right? And so I just give in. I'm a bad dad. And so the other day I went to Kohl's and I had to get a, a birthday card. And so I had Charlie and I, what I do is I do the reverse coat. I tuck her into me and I put my coat around her. And then I watch all the women look at me. Oh, <laughs> I sprinted into the, and one of the women even said, she goes, Oh, she's smiling. And I go, see? She's smiling. <laughs> so I looked it up on the internet. Can you catch a cold from being cold? 
turns out it's a what? It's an old wives' tale. Some of you are still mad at me. Well, you still put a coat on her. I know. In fact, one of the articles was saying that actually being inside where the germs spread more with all the heat is probably a better chance. Huh? Everybody throw your kid in the snow. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. But here's, what, here's why I'm saying that. Not, not because I'm going to... Oh, Vicky's left already. Okay, I didn't do... Alright. Not because I'm not going to start putting a coat on her, but because we buy these stories. We just buy them. And the story that we're buying is that blessed is some picture. Some state where everything came together perfectly. And that does not exist. But what does exist is your life right now. The twists, the turns, the ups, the downs, the mess, the stress. It's blessed. And just as we've zoomed out, and now we can look at Abraham's life, and we go, oh, it's blessed. But when you zoom back in, you start reading, you're like, whoa. That was difficult. Ready? God give us difficult. Huh? And can I say one more thing? Let's, let's start doing the hard things. Hard things. The leaving, the, the challenging things. That's what builds the cake. All right, let's stand. We're going to have a closing prayer. I'll, I'm going to pick it up next week. Um, a lot of good came through Abraham. We're going to celebrate one here soon. Right? It was a long way away. It was a long, you don't know what God's doing in your life. Think about it. I mean, you, sometimes you feel like you do, but most of the time, you have no idea how ready, because you're blessed to be a blessing, because God's doing something through your life, through you. 